is in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I've been sober for nearly 10 years, Liz. Mm. But it's time for, it's time for a little toasty toast. Oh. Are you ready? Here, yep. we, here we go. It's the sound of a beer opening. A little clinkity clink, please. <laughs> Ooh. Clink, clink. There we go. Another on your bean bottle here. <laughs> Good news. What are we drinking to? Cardinal George Pell's death. <laughs> Rot in it, dude. Pell awaits. Uh, Australia's most. Oh my God. I know, I thought you were going to be like, hello, wait, hello, wait, hello, wait. I've never heard anyone do a mashup of Enya and Slayer. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God, there we go. There's our new theme tune. Oh, Renault Golf <laughs> Running from the bleeding sky. And just play it on George Pell's skull. Woo! Yeah. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Witch, oh witch, the wicked witch. For our foreign listeners, mm. George Pell mm. uh, was a notorious. Uh, and exonerated, thanks to a technicality in Australia's legal system. Technicality. Yeah. Massive pedophile protector and quite possibly and in all quite likelihood a sex offender himself. Went to prison, was exonerated. Well, had Technicality. His, released on a technicality and died in the Vatican this week. Massive piece of shit. Long may he rot. Technicality. Uh, and this is a bit of a content warning for anyone, but I was talking to a mate of mine from school. I, I went to a country school, country Catholic school in country South Australia. We, at one time, mm. had three pedophile priests teaching us. Oh, my Lord. All of them hidden from other parishes. Mm. All of them moved to our school. Yeah. Because they could just chill out there while they waited for the heat to blow In away. the most disgusting, pervy game of, like... Yeah. Diocese twister. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny too because um, in, in a horribly perverse way, but the school's really big on its history and mm-hmm. it's got this, this honour board of the school principals and mm. from like 1994 to 2003, there's just like scene missing. They've just left it blank and we're like, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Father Michael Olsbrook? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, there's not even like, oh, we're going to cover up history. We're literally just going to erase history. They just starlined it. Just photoshopped him out. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, cheers to all the uh, St. Mark's College collegiates from oh, Port Perry. Oh, my Lord. You know what? It's like I want to go around because it's like, because, you know, yeah, all these people are like, oh, he was exonerated. Technicality. It's yeah. like when fucking Bill Cosby got released and, like, his lawyers were standing around with Bill Cosby there going, oh, he has just been released. You yeah. know, like, he's been proven innocent. He has been released. You just want the technicality dancers to come in just to remind everybody, to let them know that we know. You're not, you're not innocent, mate. It's yeah. just a technicality. <laughs> technicality. It was the most technical of technicalities too. Yeah. It was bullshit. Uh, lordy, lordy, lordy. That's why I can't wait for our film, Werewolves of the Vatican. <laughs> Do they exclusively eat pedophile priests? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this the other day. Mm. What... Um, the shift to modern electric appliances would mean for horror films because mm. you couldn't make the Texas Chainsaw Massacre now with someone with an 18 volt Ryobi. Zzz, 
Oh, that's that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, just gonna pump up my tires there, Leatherface. <laughs> what are we doing? Ash from Evil Dead, you know. Zzz. Oh, come on. Oh, I know. What's this way? Even like, it just makes me laugh. Where just you know, you see people and they're just like, oh no, they pick up like one phone, like the landline, and they're yeah. like, oh my god, it's being cut. <laughs> Literally today, everyone picks up like their iPhone, their laptop, their fucking watch. Yeah. And they're like dialing nine one one. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a different world. A redneck Australian one is you pick up your phone, just go, oh, I'm out of fucking credit. <laughs> He's used on a prepay. Yeah, we got fucking signal everywhere. No fucking credit, mate. No fucking credit. Ah. Did you know? I only found this out the other day. Yeah. In America, mm. you have to pay to use nine one one. What? Yeah, apparently it's apparently it's a very small subscription, but it's like it's like a matter of like thirty or forty cents a bill or something like this. But you have to pay to use nine one one, and if you don't pay it, mm. you can't fucking use it. What? No, that can't be. That's no. why my my partner is reading the um, Michelle McNamara book. I'll be gone in the dark, and they talk about this. How there was whole communities in the US, yeah. that when they tried to report the Bay Area rapist or whatever he was, yeah, 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 couldn't do it because they'd been excluded from nine one one through a glitch. Oh my god! So like, wow! Like, surely you can do it from a payphone or something like that. But do payphones even exist anymore? I don't know. Oh, there's, there's How a, do people buy drugs? No, there was a picture because there was a picture on the internet because some like twenty something saw a payphone, yeah. and they were actually taking pictures of it to put of like on Instagram. It was oh. like a, some historical like monument, just like oh my god, <laughs> like old school, like Charlton Heston, like looking at like the Statue <laughs> of Liberty at the end. I'm like, they blew it up! My God, they blew it up! So I don't know. I don't think payphones exist. I mean, we've pro- I've probably got this very wrong, and our American listeners are probably just like, "You fucking idiots!" Yeah, of course you. But that's how far gone you are in the eyes of the rest of the world. We can hear something like that and go, "Yeah, yeah that checks out." Yeah, that that totally. You know, oh my god. Oh, you know what? Even at Amazon, even if you pay your thirty cents, you've got to wait until your scheduled nine one one break yeah. before you can <laughs> try to phone your union and find it's been blocked. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh my god, I think if you tried to phone a union at Amazon, it would be like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, just that <laughs> thing would open and you'd just be sucked down into it. A whole bunch of middle managers come out, all covered in spray <laughs> tan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There'll be no union joining today. <laughs> Do not unite. Workers don't strike. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh my Little God. Little fucking Oompa Can you imagine just getting stoned and watching our version of Willy Wonka? It'd be horrific. Oh my God. You know what? Maybe we should start a Patreon. Okay. Or like a GoFundMe for each one of these like crazy films that we have and see if we can just finally get one like off the ground. Yeah. The Tesla Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Although, no, the Tesla would be more like Christine. It's just a car that stops on the freeway and suddenly veers left when it thinks there's like a cyclist or something. Oh, my God. Have you heard the latest news? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, you know, there was all these stories of like, oh, my God, damn, you know, Tesla just, you know, like, you know, just... Yeah, the self-driving being fucking cooked. Yeah, and just like trying to like drive us off the road and kill us. Yeah. A guy has tried to use that, okay, tried to kill his family by just yeeting the Tesla off the road and saying, oh, no, it was the Tesla. The Tesla just totally did it. Yes. Yeah. 
And turns out it didn't. Imagine doing that and as you're going down, just like going, I'm totally going to be in a shit telly movie <laughs> because of this. The kind of thing that like late career Kirstie Alley would have been in. <laughs> just no, no to my family. I'm going to end up on sci-fi or Lifetime. Yeah, none of that. Being played by like Kurt Cameron. <laughs> no. What a way to go. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. A hundred percent. So can you imagine? And like the thing is like everybody and especially like with Elon Musk's reputation, like everyone is just like, yeah, Tesla is cooked. He's cooked. Absolutely. Those cars are trying to kill everybody. Can you imagine? And all you do is like people go, oh yeah, no, it wasn't the Tesla at all. Oh wow. They're safer than we thought. How do you fuck that up? Not that, not that evil is limited to Tesla Mm. because we all know like, you know, car companies, by and large, are pretty fucking evil. But there's that <laughs> yeah. famous there's that famous bit in Fight Club where he talks yes. about the insurance assessment they do. Yes, where which yes. is very true. It's very much based on industry mm-hmm. standard practice. Tesla has been caught out essentially. Yeah, and this was a few months ago, so this isn't breaking news or anything like that. But they found that their crash sensors on their cars. Mm recognize when they're about to crash and if they're in self-driving mode it will kick it over onto manual yeah so that when the actual car crashes it can say definitively well no it was in manual mode this was driver error i thought you were going to say like they've automatically just like pre-programmed so that if they hit another car the sensors look around to see if anybody's (laughs) actually watching um and if they do they put like a little like bit of paper under the windshield of the other car but when you the other person comes back they find out that note is just like ha ha i wrote this because people were looking get fucked <laughs> you're you're giving it um you're giving a tesla prequel star wars r2 abilities <laughs> when he suddenly could fly and he had like an, an oil squirter and all this sort of shit yes yes no. yes i am yeah i'm calling it i think now. a tesla is more likely to get self-aware and just catch itself on fire just immolate <laughs> You don't think it's going to be like you don't think it's going to be like the clones of Star Wars and just you know just drive us into a totalian society where we're just beaten and whipped and forced to live amongst the sand. I hate sand. Totalian. Totalian. Sounds like it's Quentin Tarantino's ideal universe. <laughs> the totalian universe. Yeah. Everybody's underfoot. No. Oh, my Lord. Well, you know what? Oh, my God. Speaking of groundbreaking, do you know what happened this week? No, I do not. Oh, my Lord. I need to hit the button. We got one! What a dick pic. We got an email. We got an email at our email, realmothman at gmail.com. And it wasn't just one that you sent, like a password reset? No, shut up. This was an actual, genuine... We have to give a shout out to the show, big listeners. Uh, They actually do like a public... Oh, PBA FM in Salisbury. Yeah, so it's like public airway FM uh, radio show, 89.7, if you're in um, Adelaide. Great fans of the show. (laughs) If you're in 600 metres of the 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 pedal-powered broadcast (laughs) tower. To someone sitting on a bicycle right now. Oh my god, our numbers are going up. Gling, ding, 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 ding on the little powered motorbike. Because if there's one up. thing in this country that gets less love from the government than the arts, it's community broadcasting. <laughs> well, bless them. They actually, because we were having a conversation about um, bearded ladies. Yes. Um, and, you know, we were having some conversations about, you know, how good were the beards. Yeah. 
on uh, on the bearded ladies. They actually sent oh my god, and actually a really amazing story with um, Annie Jones, who was P.T. Barnum's most famous famous bearded lady. That's a hell of a thing to put on your LinkedIn. Oh, I know. And, okay, you want to see an impressive beard. Would you like to see the world's arguably most famous ever bearded lady? Is this going to make me hate my own beard? Yeah. Holy shit. You ain't bringing shit to the party. Look she at that like beard. She looks like she's in the system of a down. Like, yeah, seriously. Holy shit. Wake up. You want to do. <laughs> Wake up. Don't have to do any makeup. <laughs> Look at that beard. It is incredible. It is lush. It is maintained. It is a bush ranger's beard. And on on that body, I'm having some very confusing thoughts. You know, it's... uh, Oh, we've we've got another picture here. It's a little bit longer. Yeah, wow. Uh, We actually see the transformation. We've actually got the beard a bit earlier on in her career where it's not as, as impressive. It's a way better beard than I can grow. Well, yeah, I didn't want to say anything. No, I, know. I know. I grew up next to a lead smelter. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't printed that one out. But, oh, my God. So, and I was doing a little bit more into, obviously, you know, uh, bearded ladies. Yeah. Um, now, it turns out that, yes, the, the majority of the time it was women. They, even if they had a, a condition called hypertrichosis. Right. Uh, which causes, uh, you know, excessive, you know, hair development. Sometimes yeah. it can be over the entire hair, over the entire body. Yeah. Or, of course, it could just be women with an extreme polycystic ovary syndrome, which women actually suffer today. Yes. Um, so it causes them to gain a lot of weight, um, hair growth. They have problems with, you know, getting with, with getting pregnant because obviously they've got, you know... It's an affliction I suffer from. ...on their ovaries. Shut up. Yeah. Um, but, oh my God, and they confirmed sometimes in scrupulous, unscrupulous uh, freak shows. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, the idea is anathema. Caused controversy by, and a couple of people got exposed, one, because they had a woman in a false beard. <gasps> Stick on beard. Never. Stick on beard. And a couple of actors actually got uh, caught out for literally having a man, a man in a dress and See, trying to pass him off as a Transphobia is not new. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> finally, you think, yes, finally there's a job for it and then women show up and stealing our jobs. Oh. It's P.T. Burnham, not P.T. No Man. <laughs> <laughs> Men's lives matter. <laughs> Back in an era where women literally couldn't own property or vote. <laughs> it turns out you couldn't own a beard either. <laughs> <coughs> oh, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, COVID. Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. So, actually, I think one, uh, uh, one week I think we should actually do a story on Annie Jones. Because, of course, being uh, you know caught up with P.T. Barnum. Oh, do you think her life was awesome? I imagine it was spectacularly fun Ooh. and in no way exploitative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think we might have to cover that one. Um, but thank you very much, the guys at the show. Woo! Yeah. So, we... Uh, oh, my God. You know who else is doing in a show? Speaking of shows, randomly. Who? And is an amazing show. Do they have a good beard? No. no. Oh, oh, it's us. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> it was awkward. I really thought you did. I was building it up and you just bring it down. Oh. Sorry. 
This is awkward. Oh, my God. If you love this, and why would you not love this? If you want to get this live and you want to be like, mmm, you want to rub this all over your body and be like, mmm, get into me, you can have your shot. Yeah, but it's going to be in public, so you really need to not be at home doing that with margarine or something. Well, no, don't be at home. Like, buy no, a ticket buy and Buy a ticket and, and come it. and see it. Yeah. Oh, my God. If somebody wants to do that with margarine at the show, that's fantastic. I'll bring some vegan Nutella if you want. <sighs> Your friends got so drunk at the last one that that will happen. Yeah, that's that's why we got the venue again this time. <laughs> so February 25? Oh, my God. Saturday, February 25. It's an early slot. It's the 4.30 slot. In the afternoon. So day drinking encouraged. We're bringing day drinking back, baby. Woo! Rhino Room. So in the, in the Fringe Festival hub. So second largest open access festival in the world. Exactly. And we are in the hub of it. The Rhino Room. The, where the comedy happens. Uh, we are the comedy... Oh, there's probably about 40 or 50 stand-ups who would argue that. Oh, fucking, why, why are you just ruining my mood with your shit beard? They, they listen to us and they judge me. you just got your beard inadequacy. I really do. It's very patchy. <laughs> do, they, do the curtains patch the drapes? Is yeah, it all just patchy and sickly? <laughs> it's very patchy and sickly. <laughs> I grew up next to a lead smelter. Thank you. Oh my god! This is why you're so keen to always like trade in your junk for like frog legs and shit because you're just like, oh, step up. <laughs> the ability to jump over a house is underrated. Uh, no, I think you're overrating it. Yeah, probably. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, Would you rather have frogs' legs mm. so you you retain the ability to jump? Oh god, you're obsessed. So frogs' legs uh-huh. or pogo dick, <laughs> which you could ride. Boing. You can ride your... That means you can put your own feet on the little, like, steps that are hanging off the side of it. On the frenum. Yes. That's a benefit to nobody. Pogo dick. I think it'd be be hilarious. No. No. What if... No. You'd lose all sensitivity. You're always like... But what if you, like, land in some, like, gum or some dog poo? It's fun. Can you take that on the bus? Do you have to put it in the overhead locker on the plane? I think you just have some kind of canvas snoot. (laughs) <laughs> like the like the front of a jet plane. Oh my god! You know the airplane is making you check that. They're not letting you carry that to carry luggage. If you can't fold it up and put it into that little tiny box, you're not carrying it. You on. could hide drugs in that thing like a Pez dispenser. Uh, what do you want drugs for? You're in. You're a teetotaler. I'm just saying that if you had a, a rideable pogo dick. You would be a smuggler's dream. Oh, like, I love drugs, but I do not want drugs that have been in your weird pogo dick. Ugh. Uh, most drugs have been either in underpants, upper bum, or something. Not drugs I do. I'm sure. No. Well, it's probably because it's too hard to get a Jim Beam bottle up your ass. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Lord knows I've tried. Oh, you haven't been to the right festivals. <laughs> Hashtag Jim Beam. Would you believe we're not being sponsored by them yet? I cannot believe that. I know. I keep tagging them. Oh, shout out to the giant uh, Maori security guard outside the uh, Day on the Green Festival in 2007 who searched me for alcohol but let my girlfriend walk through with heaps of drugs. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, let you walk in with the bottle of beam up it's your ass. It's pretty funny. He goes, we've got the vodka brew. And I'm like, I literally haven't smuggled anything in. Like, why would I do that? That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to smuggle in alcohol. But mm-hmm. my then girlfriend had so much drugs mm-hmm. in her lady pocket. Oh. Oh. 
But you don't even need to put it in your lady. Like, the advantage of having huge boobs. I can literally just tape things, like, under my boobs. Yeah. Um, Sniffer dogs. You know, and just walk on in. No, like, bottles, like, booze. You can get entire bottles of booze under your tits? Yes. I think you passed the pencil test. <laughs> this was many years ago now. Oh, fuck, who am I talking? Like, these days, you could put a keg under there. <coughs> just, like, lift it up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, my God. I have got, like, Inuit tribes under there these days. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We have not seen the sun for 300 days. (laughs) Fucking gravity. What can you do? Let's just move on. What? I can still get them up there. It just takes a lot more effort than it used to. to. You need to be like Batman and hang upside down for a while and (laughs) just air the underside of your titties. You have no idea, honestly. That is the greatest thing. Just get them up and put a fan under there. Oh, <laughs> so good. Oh, BTS, BTS. Oh, my God. Oh. But you know what? I'm not the first one to have that issue. Sweaty under boob. No. It is a tale as old as time. <laughs> you know what else is a tale as old as time? What? The topic okay. of this week. Thank God. <laughs> what did you think I was going to talk about? I don't know. I thought you were going to start talking about the, the fucking various advantages of hanging upside down while sitting next to an evaporative air conditioner so your fucking tit rash could fucking clear up. I do not have a rash, all right? <laughs> I want that very clear, okay? It's not a rash. It's just, you know, it gets sweaty under there. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, not a sexy sweat either. No. Oh. Unless you got those dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, you know what? This week, we are going to travel a little bit back in time. All the way back to 1896. Oh, my favourite year. Oh, yeah. Now, we tend to think of the UFO phenomenon as being a rather modern idea. Yeah. But the simple truth is, as long as there have been human beings, there have been unidentified sightings in the sky. Yes, there have. One of the first recorded mass hysteria and mass sightings of UFOs or just strange things in the skies actually occurred across 1896 and 1897 across the plains of the US of A and the edges of Canada. Really? I know. So Canada's involved. So you know something must, it must be legit. They're a, they're a level-headed Beaver-loving people. Mm, mm. Yeah. Just getting around their beaver lick. What is that? <laughs> now, even though no airship had made its way across the Atlantic, the US was flooded with people who reported seeing all manner of airships in the sky. So the dirigible was yet to make its way. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Some even claimed to have spoken to its occupants. Of these mysterious objects in the skies. And some, it seemed, got to deliver the first blast of racism into the greater extraterrestrial realm. I don't believe it. That would definitely have been an Australian. (laughs) That so would have... (laughs) Fuck off, we're full. There's four of you. It's the 1800s. Fuck off. No, I'm calling it now. It was a guy in California. Oh, God. (laughs) Now, I'm just quick. I'm rapidly Googling stuff Mm -hmm. here because I reckon that during the Civil War, there were observation balloons. 
I'm fucking fact checking our own podcast. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's like, yeah, there, you know, there's there's nothing like, yeah, no, there's nothing like the descriptions of. Okay, so we're not talking about Phileas Fogg getting around. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like so you we're know, talking about fast moving. Yes. Okay. You know. <laughs> now, so like I said. Uh, uh, there's also racism. Excellent in this story. My favourite. I know. Now, some of these claims and newspaper reports would later be dismissed as, shall we say, perhaps fabrications. Okay. By overzealous news reporters. Mm-hmm. Slightly inebriated storytellers. My favourite. Uh, and maybe even one gentleman who was just trying to save his town from oblivion. Oh. <laughs> but there also may be some unidentified gold in the middle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. In this week's episode of Little UFO on the Prairie. Nice. Or The Good, The Bad, and The Unidentified. Oh, that's actually really cool. You could actually redo that Ernio Morricone with like a synthesizer. Wow. 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 Uh, Now, the late 1890s were an interesting, shall we say, interesting, dirty, unwashed time in the US. And the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where if you lived a blessed life with good medical care and good luck, you might just live long enough to die of old age. At 42. Good medical care back then was laudanum, <laughs> opium, and tobacco for breakfast. Mm, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it was a crazy time in North America. In 1880, the population was around 46 million people. Okay. Okay. Yep. In the following 10 years, that figure would grow by 25%. To 62.9 million people. And in the 10 years would increase by another 21% to 76 million people. Now, what's driving that? Are they just very horny? Or is there a lot of migration? (laughs) Given that P.T. Barnum's people were around then and there were Mm. women with beards better than mine, you better believe that were horny. Yes, there was a lot of migration. Yeah. Uh, literally a lot of this was like, you know, the, the lands that were, you know, forcibly taken um, from the, you know, indigenous yep. populations. Um, oh, my God. There's that one where they made that terrible Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie, like, far and away. Oh, no. We're literally, yeah, they would just take up this land and then basically uh, there was one and it was something like they were like, you know, like uh, – Figure off the top of my head, like, you know, like a thousand spots of land. And yeah. basically, you just had to race there and pick up one of the sticks and you just got free land. Yeah. Because, they, you know, they were trying to push people onwards. Yeah. And outwards. Yeah. So they stole land and then... Agricultural expansion. It's an economic might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was a time of extreme opposites. On November the 7th in 1893, this is going to blow your mind. Do you know what happened? No. Women in Colorado were given the vote. Given? (laughs) Given the vote. Wow, that's pretty late. Uh, (laughs) When did we get it in Australia? 
Uh, we had it like way South Australia was like the second place in the world. Nice. New Zealand was first, and then it was us. Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we did it in like maybe the 1830s or 1840s. Okay. Well, 1893. Actually, no, it was like the 1870s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did they have to run in front of a horse? <laughs> but no. But the thing is, this was just in Colorado. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> you go outside of Colorado, you're stuffed. Um. On November the 5th, 1895, the first US patent for an automobile was granted. Just on a point of order? Yeah. I really have to retract because we didn't give universal women's suffrage until 1894. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Awkward. <laughs> so, 1895, the first automobile uh, patent was granted in the US. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the General Electric Company was formed in this period. Yep. But at the same time, like I said, land was still being grabbed from native owners and battles were still happening between Indigenous American Indians and the occupiers. Uh-huh. Gold rushes would see towns shoot up and collapse overnight. There was an all-round economic depression for everyone not sitting on a gold mine or an old field. Yeah. Um, and even if you were, you were quickly moved off or shot. <laughs> Frontier wars were brutal and harsh, but the world and its gadgets were growing, as were imaginations. <laughs> <laughs> P.T. Barnum talking to a child in the gutter. Imagination. Now, how about I strap you to this elephant and call you a living tumour? <laughs> magic, magic, magic. Yeah, can you do a song? <coughs> <coughs> I'm a little tumour, short and stout. Jesus. Here is my handle, here is my gout. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, on the 17th of November, 1896, an intense bright light was seen between 6 and 7 p.m. moving across the skyline of Sacramento, California. Hundreds of people would all claim to have seen the giant cigar-shaped aircraft. Okay. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were no giant cigar-shaped aircraft flying no. across America in 1896. No. Some said it looked as if it were made of aluminium or fucking aluminum. Aluminum. And sprouted two aluminum wings. Righto. People stared in awe. And what many assumed was one of those new spangled airships they had talk of in Europe. <laughs> Even though at the time there is no record of any airship, A, being in America, or B, any ship looking remotely like a giant, flappy, cigar-shaped aluminum <laughs> spaceship with wings. Uh one of the eyewitnesses was George Scott, who was the assistant to California's Secretary of State. Right. Mm-hmm. So, this was the newspaper report mm-hmm. from the time that described it. So, this is your newspaper. Who yep. you go to for facts, the evidence, not to get hysterical, to just give you the plain, simple facts. Because, yeah, this is about a year before Rupert Murdoch was born. <laughs> 
<laughs> from the bowels of hell. So this is this is the newspaper report. What was it? Oh God! Okay, not wanting to alarm anyone in the no. general community. Uh, what was it? An apparition wandering through the atmosphere. That's amazing. Oh. Several persons last evening between six and seven o'clock saw a big ball of fire. <laughs> like an electric light. Nice. Pass over the city going in a southwesterly direction. It moved slowly and was in sight for more than half an hour. Finally, disappearing in the mist and darkness. More than one person was heard to declare that he distinguished human voices engaged in song and mirth coming from above. (laughs) But could discover no outline of a balloon, nothing but a large ball of light. That's very interesting. One man in the suburbs declares he heard a voice warning, The man at the helm! Go higher! Or we'll collide with the church steeple! <laughs> Was it one of those fucking pedal-powered bars where they've got all those, like, drop kicks on them sitting there pedaling through the city while they drink? Just from bar to bar to yeah. bar. <laughs> it is possible someone sent up an illuminated or that a stray meteor was hunting for the rest of the gang. Hunting? (laughs) But there really were persons who insisted that it was a newfangled airship lighted by electricity and travelling for San Francisco. Of course it's bloody San Francisco, the hippies. (laughs) Oh my God. The evening bee... Yeah. And that's B double E. Yep. Isn't that such a nice name for a paper, though? Well, the Sacramento Bee, yeah, it's still around. Although, at the irony, the evening bee, I found out bees don't fly at night. There you go. Yeah. So, that's democracy a is lie. a lie. Oh, my God. I'm not buying your paper, it's built on a lie. Uh, so this is from Sacramento, November the 18th, 1896. It reported on the same day. Yep. <clears throat> so this is from the same incident. People declare they heard voices and saw a light. Last evening, between the hours of six and seven o'clock in the year of our Lord, 1896. Fucking wanker. Yep. A most startling exhibition was seen in the sky in this city of Sacramento. People standing on the sidewalk at certain points in the city, between the hours stated, saw coming through the sky... Over the housetops. <laughs> I'm going to choke by my fake accent. <laughs> <coughs> Damn you, Coven. Oh, it's robbed you of your shitty accents. Oh, I need some bourbon. <clears throat> what appeared to them to be merely an electric arc lamp propelled by some mysterious force. It came out of the east and sailed unevenly towards the southwest, dropping now nearer to the earth and now suddenly rising again, as if it was a force that was whirling it through the space and sensible of the dangers of collision with objects upon the earth. That much hundreds of people saw. (sighs) That much caused consternation in this city last night among groups who gathered to hear the tale. 
What follows, some of the witnesses to the strange spectacle assert to be true as the circumstance related. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And we just have, in all capital letters, voices in the sky. <laughs> Startled citizens last night living at points of the city along a roughly diagonal line, not yet far distance from each other, declare they not only saw the phenomenon, but they also heard voices issuing from it in midair and not the whispering of angels. (laughs) Which is quite distinct, I've heard. Not the... I don't even know what this word is. Sip. Okay, S-E-P-U-L-C-H-R-A-L. Can I have a look at that? I know where that word is not in the dictionary anymore. Sepulchral? Sepulchral? Sepulchral mutterings of evil spirits. Mm. Which I'm guessing is a derivation of the um, Portuguese sepultura for grave. (laughs) Oh, I like the old names the best. (laughs) But not the sepulchre mutterings of evil spirits, but the inintelligible words and the merry laughter of humans. How gorgeous are these old newspapers, though? (laughs) When all these days it's just, Prince Harry got his knob sucked in a paddock. Prince Harry had a punch-up with Prince William. How bad are gooks? Oh, my God. Isn't that like in, like, Prince Harry's book? Yeah. You know, the sepulchral mutterings of evil spirits. <laughs> As she knobbed me off in a paddock. <laughs> I killed 25 Talibans. I know. Oh my, oh, my God. Seriously, like, I want him to just... I didn't mind him until mm. he started talking. And now you're like, fuck off. You know what? Everybody's family sucks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's just realised, oh, my God, families are a bit shit. Yeah, welcome to the world, mate. Yeah. Fucking hell. Everybody hates everyone in their family. Fucking good on it. Fucking hell. Yeah, he's still rich. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) So, anyway, it was the inintelligible words and the merry laughter of humans. At those intervals where the glittering object, as if careless of its obligation to maintain a straightforward course, descended dangerously near the housetops, Voices were heard in the sky. What do you think those voices were heard saying? (laughs) I don't don't know. Something very benign going by the rest of this. Oh, come on. You're in a giant aluminium (coughs) cigar-shaped phallic symbol (laughs) flapping your way across. All right. If they're not saying, we got the funk, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Uh Lift her up quick! You are making directly for that steeple! (laughs) Then the light in the sky would be seen obeying some mystic touch and ascending to a considerable height from where it would take up against its southwesterly course. The light sailed along the line of K Street, so it appeared from those in the eastern part of the city, although it appears that after it had passed 14th Street... It was wafted far south of K. <laughs> Laughter and words sounding strange in the distance, though fairly in- unintelligible, fell upon the ears of pedestrians along the course of the light, who had paused to look up at the novelty above them. One witness, 
assured. All right. Assured. Assured. Assured the local paper that he heard a voice from above call out. Do you think it called out? (laughs) I don't know. We hope to be in San Francisco by tomorrow noon. Because I remember when I went on a cruise, and that's what I would randomly just yell at the islands that we weren't stopping at. We hope to be at Mystery Island by noon! Just to keep them updated. Yeah. You know, in case they were wondering, we would just flap past. So this is, this is pretty much a booze cruise that we're witnessing. In the sky. Yeah. In the sky. Yeah. yeah. And a giant phallic-shaped cigar. <laughs> Through the completely, we're not gay, cowboy lands. <laughs> I'm going to fly my skycock through your vagina gases. <laughs> to the Queefmobile. She gets 14 pussy farts to the gallon. <laughs> oh my God, there's our next t-shirt. <laughs> To the Queefmobile. <laughs> the Twatmobile. It's just us riding in a Queefmobile. <laughs> through the sky. Uh, it's much like a doodle bug, but smells better. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you looking up, like, phallic cigar shaped? I'm looking up the history of dirigibles. Ah, okay. Yep. Would you like to hear Mr. Lusk's story? I would love to hear Mr. Lusk's story. Charles Lusk, cashier of the Central Electric Street Railway Company, was at his home at 24th and Q Streets last evening. Keep talking while I go get another celebratory you're fucking dead George Pell beer. (laughs) Again, it's like, what the hell was with this tradition of like, if you had to be in the paper, you had to agree of giving like your exact residence to everybody who was reading. I just, I don't understand. (laughs) So, boy, do you want to be in the paper? Well, you got to dox yourself, see? <laughs> oh, my God. So, it was just like, so if you had any questions, you could just go and ask them straight away. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you, I think if you told a story to the paper, that, that'd be a hell of a way to meet people. You'd be sad and lonely. Like early tender. <laughs> Man poses with fish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no wants hit. to ride a queefmobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god <sighs> Just All I'm saying is Just ask Before you send a picture Of your Cigar shaped Dirigible To a lady That's all I'm saying Absolutely Don't just send it unprompted If She sent me a lithograph If she has a book to fly Don't send it Oh lord So he was at his home on the corner of 24th and Q Streets last evening, when, having stepped outside, he saw the remarkable appearance in the sky. He went into the house and told the inmates of what he had seen. (sighs) This morning, Mr. Lusk mentioned the incident to some of the carmen and was amazed to learn from them that they had seen a light, as he described, while they were in the neighbourhood of East Park. More than that, they heard music. And voices. One voice distinctly said, again, 
Well, we ought to get to San Francisco by tomorrow, moo! (laughs) Another article just said, They saw it! (laughs) Foreman Snyder of the car barn (laughs) says it was not a meteor. Well, there's, we've spoken to the local astrophysicist. <laughs> if that's it, if you can't, if you can't just rely on some random fucking dude telling you it's not a meteor. Well, job, just cross it off the list. Clearly, it's not. Uh, uh, this afternoon, G.C. Snyder, foreman of the car house of the electric car company, gave the following to the B. I assure you, there is no joke about this matter. Giant cock in the sky. I think it's all. It's nothing but a joke. Yeah. So far as I am concerned, last evening, about 10 minutes before 7 o'clock, I saw a light, which was then above approximately 27th and P streets, sailing in a southwesterly direction. It rose and fell and swayed from left to right as if it were being propelled by some motor power. It was a white light, and not a star or a meteor. I am certain of that. (laughs) Mr. Lowry, who used to be connected with the car company, told me he saw the thing when it was directly overhead, and that it had a wheel. (coughs) That it was moving around. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't think it was a balloon. For it was going in the southwest, and a heavy wind was blowing from that direction. Well. David Curl, a horse trainer at the racetrack, also told me he heard voices in the balloon, or whatever it was. (laughs) And I have a feeling those words were... Together, we will go our way. Together, we will leave someday. Together, your hand in my hands. Together, we will make the plans go west as they fly to San Francisco. Anyway, that's just my opinion. I would like to think that that makes so much sense that the gays aren't like settled San Francisco. Oh, them and Chinese people. Um, wow. <laughs> Just flying there in their giant spangly cocked shaped dirigibles in the sky. Disco ball. This is the story <coughs> of America that you just you don't get taught in schools. No. Uh, how glorious was that? And of course, who was on board? An Indian, a cowboy, okay. A construction worker and a, a slave owner. Ooh. No, yeah. it was after the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it's the only one I can imagine flying such a fabulous party, sparkly, cock-shaped yeah. vehicle to San Francisco. It all makes sense to me. Yeah. Why isn't this chore in schools? They don't even teach fucking dinosaurs in some of their schools. <laughs> Of course, they're not going to talk about this gay blimp. <laughs> the, gay, the gay blimp settling of San Francisco. <laughs> it was powered by bubbles and hugs. <laughs> oh, my Lord. 
Oh, we should we should write America the history. <laughs> See if we can get ourselves banned at like southern elementary schools. Perfect. <laughs> Oh my god! Put out a fake press release that they're gonna t- they're gonna get drag queens to read us to cowboys kids. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if they're offended by the idea of drag queens reading in schools, wait till they get a load of us with our settling of San Francisco story. Uh, go west. Uh, oh, life would be peaceful there. Oh, nice. Uh, now, two months later, yeah. after this, you know, giant flying cigar-shaped object. Two months later, a series of reported sightings were recorded in Hastings, Nebraska, in a local paper called the Omaha Bee. Why are there fucking bees everywhere? Fucking bees. I know. The paper reads, several Hastings people report that an airship or something of the kind. And considering a lot of these people had never seen a fucking airship, what the fuck do you know what an airship looks like? You, well, you can see one. They had, you know, they had newspapers. They had illustrations. Nah. Airships were around since the eighteen fifties. My, I look. I grew up in a country town. The paper is genuinely used to wipe your butt. <laughs> you know what greyhounds look like, <laughs> and meat raffles. Exactly. That's yeah. all I need to know. <laughs> What's an airship? <laughs> so why did they film Mad Max at your town again? <laughs> oh, believe me, son. You're not fabulous enough to know about the spaceship. <laughs> Uh, the paper reads, several Hastings people report that an airship or something of the kind has been sailing around in the air west of the city. It continues. It was first noticed something last fall when it was seen floating in the air about 500 feet above the ground. And after standing still for about 30 minutes, it began to circle about and took a northerly direction for about two miles, after which it returned to its starting place and sank into oblivion. Okay. Not behind the hill. No. Which is where we couldn't see it. Dematerialised. Yeah. Oblivion. Wow. At first sight, it had the appearance of an immense star. But after closer observation, so in those days, you took three steps closer towards you it. stood on your horse. <laughs> squinting. <laughs> after an elite team of squinters and horse standers examined it from afar. You, you brought your wife out to use her good eye. <laughs> 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 At first sight, it had the appearance of an immense star, but after closer observation, the powerful light shows itself by its color to be artificial. It certainly must be illuminated by powerful electric dynamos for the light sent forth by its wonder. Probably the equivalent of a five-watt globe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a lot of, like, most of these people didn't have electricity. They really so. Oh my god, it's a light bulb. <laughs> the town moth's just like, yeah. yeah I've seen better. Yeah, I've seen better. At 9.30 last Monday night, 25th of January, 1897, the large glare and light was seen to circle around for a few minutes and then descended for about 200 feet, circling as it travelled at a remarkable speed. <laughs> like 12 miles an hour. Yeah, like a fast walk. <laughs> My God, it's perambulating like a psychopath. 
this is still back in the day where like they didn't want to let women on trains because they felt if women went too fast, our uterus would like fall out. And it did, damn it. <laughs> that was just a Tesla problem. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I know I won't go there. Uh, uh, a close watch is being kept for its reappearance. <laughs> In 1896, over 13 different incidents were noted in papers about unidentified airships of glowing cigars in the skies, mostly in California, but also reported in Missouri and Nebraska, and another dozen cases throughout 1897 in California, Arkansas, Iowa, who reported a human abduction. Really? We'll come back to that on another episode. Ha ha. Okay. Uh, Nebraska, uh, uh, Missouri, Kansas, as well as Winnipeg and British Columbia in Canada. So, swing. Quite a few. Yeah. November the 25th, 1896 was a story we've actually discussed before. Uh, when Colonel H.G. Saw and his companion, Camille Spooner, if you remember, in our Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, the colonel was forced to fight off three six-foot naked men covered in a downy hair <laughs> that you thought was just the Dutch. <laughs> Hence the fine downy blonde hair. <laughs> So he was forced to fight them off as they attempted to abduct him into their spaceship. No. Oh. <laughs> um, in April of 1897, another airship began popping up in Kansas. Ooh. On the 2nd of April, 1896, the newspaper, The Evening Times of Pawtucket, Rhode Island printed a story on the subject. The mysterious airship seen often in Kansas during the past two weeks was seen again last night at Everest Brown Country. Hello. (laughs) In the northwestern part of the state. So if you want to go brown, northwestern part of uh, Kansas. Going to take the phallic airship to Brown Town. (laughs) Go west. The ship was seemingly erratic in its movements. Instead of moving in a straight line, it rode up and down. How are these people to judge the movements of a fucking hitherto unseen technology? Well, that's not how I'd expect it to go. (laughs) Yeah, this is a ridiculous way to travel. (laughs) Now, to the left and again to the right, but always apparently under absolute control. When the ship has been seen, it has come from the north in the early evening and returned in the early morning. In all expectation that this program will be repeated, a good number of the citizens of Everest will remain out all night, hoping for another glance at the mysterious visitor. <sighs> like, I know there's not a lot happening. No. But that's kind of, that's kind of crazy, just thinking of like, because it's like... And I mean, back then, there was no electricity. There were no freaking lights. You would have seen every part of the sky. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine just sitting around 1896, just waiting for your glowing... Yeah, for the UFO to come back. Glowing airship. 
But you know, the crazy thing is, like, a lot of, uh, like, uh, I imagine a lot of these people, like, eat, when they were like, oh, this, like, unidentified graft, there's no way they would have been thinking alien. They, no. they would have been thinking, oh, it's going to be the French. <coughs> well, it was that explosion of technology and, and innovation. You, know, you mm. had the, the, what are you, the, the World's Fair that had happened in mm-hmm. Paris not so long before that. And mm. Just having a look at the, the history of airships just mm-hmm. before on my phone. So every man and his fucking dog was trying to patent them. They're making this shit and just flying them. Well, that was the uh, around this time. There were there were people who kept coming forth, like trying to get money for patents to say, "Oh yes, I'm going to design an aircraft." And it yeah. was this period where, and of course, no one had any idea who it was. And there were people who were painting, like trying to patent these things. And yeah, basically, it was just like a basket where. <laughs> with like fake wings on the side. I remember there was one guy who tried to paint in an idea where basically his idea was to like capture like a thousand birds and like put them in a net wow. and like attach the net to a basket and the birds would fly and then you would go up, but you would control the net and thusly control the birds. I swear to God, somebody tried to patent that idea. One of the best jobs of the 1800s would have been patent clerk. <laughs> when all these fucking, all these gin adult fucktards came in with whatever bullshit they cooked up on a fucking opium bender. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god, you know what? Copyright, copyright. There's our next movie. There's our movie of the week. 1896 Peyton Officers. That'd be amazing. Just all these different little Paul Thomas Anderson supercuts of people just going, hear me out, giant ducks. You know? It would have been perfect. Oh my god, it's just going to come again with just a giant sack of just like half dead ducks. Hear me out now. Hear me out. This is going to take me to Albuquerque. You would have seen the most amazing shit. Oh my god! Yeah, so that that was the problem. Like there would have been baby extracting vacuums, there would have been penis pumps, mm-hmm. it would have just blood cleansers. <laughs> but again, like this is, it was the time where it was like you know, like yeah, uh, you know, the concept of having electricity in your house would have just been like yeah. amazing. So that's happening in one part of the world, but you know, in the other part of the house, people are still living on you know, <laughs> out in the frontiers in yeah. dirt. Yeah. Um, so and then you hear, and then people would be posting all these stories of like, there's going to be this airship. It's going to go as fast as a horse. Yeah. And then like people are printing all these stories, so you're like. Oh, I think this is existing, but I don't know what one looks like. Now, hear me out. I've got the plans for the new household accessory. It's going to be for everyone. I call it the wife mollifier. And it's just a, it's just a hammer on a spring that attaches to the kitchen sink. And if she gets out of line, dunk. Sell a million of them, I tell you. I think that actually did. I think that, what? That did get painted. No, put too many white collar men out of work. <laughs> What's the matter there, Johnson? Your hand's looking bruise-free. Well, I got the new wife mollifier at home. Oh, well, you'll gain 500 pounds while it does all the work for you. <laughs> I haven't had to lay knuckles on my wife once this month. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, a lot of people who were just, like, had no idea. And just, like, yeah, no, we're, yeah. I'm totally going to create air flight. Yeah. <laughs> it was also peak time for science fiction as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's it. Um, oh, what's his name? You know, uh, 
was it? Um, uh, him. Wells? Yes. Yeah. He had a story about like an amazing man in a balloon who was, you know, f- flying yeah, around. around. Around the world in 80 days. and uh, You know, so, yeah. Journey so, to the centre of the earth. Yeah, like, like what's his name? Um, Jules Verne. Mm, so, All these sorts of people. Yeah, so I think like a lot of people's imagination was fired up. Yeah. Um, and then they would see... Yeah. A star. <laughs> yeah. When the coal smoke finally cleared from their town for <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds because one person now had an electric light. Or like Venus was in retrograde. My God, it's more beautiful than I thought. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. So everybody in the town was staying out to see if this mysterious object would, uh, would you know, come forth again. In May of 1897, it seems these light ships had moved north over the border into Canada. <sighs> so shit gets legit. Yep. All right. How many people do you think fired at these airships? In America or yeah. Canada? No, in America. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. The Even horses, the, horse. the dogs, the chickens. <laughs> everyone was shooting. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, so, May of 1897, heads into Canada. Yeah. On the 14th of August, 1897, the Vancouver Daily World. <laughs> well, them newspapers, shit, it's not named after an insect. <laughs> they printed an article which read... Oh, I'm going to do my Canadian accent. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> Love it. Let me take it. No. You have to switch to... Uh you have to switch to Canadian whiskey. <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> me, me, Giant red lounge, giant red lounge. <laughs> have you seen the light in the heavens, eh? Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> Go on. If not, you are not up to date. Hey. <laughs> oh, eh? Fuck. It has been hovering in the skies above Vancouver almost every night this week, eh? Uh. You're doing more damage to our reputation than backpackers working at ski lodges in Banff. It's been viewed by many, eh? Oh, God. It last seen on Friday evening and may be on view tonight. You can't just do a southern bell and then a scouser and then put A at the end of everything. And again, it might not. A. <laughs> Last night, the strange object in the skies was noticed to the north of the city, travelling in an easterly direction. Hey. <laughs> the luminous ball of fire, or airship as some call it, was closely watched. Hey. It approached with great swiftness, paused in mid-air, then surrounded itself with flashes of colour and moved towards the northeast. At times... It looked like a bowl of fire. At others, it had a dull luster, and small particles of fire would shoot from the great glowing mass. Some of these eyewitnesses claimed that the crafts landed, and they attempted to communicate with the pilots. Okay. You know? Sometimes with more success than others. Okay. So this is a... a (laughs) An ongoing period in the 1896 and 1897. Now, some of these people who claim to actually have contact with these crafts, some claim that the ships were from another world. Oh. One person claiming that they said they were from Mars. Well. 
Others claim to be from the East Coast. (laughs) One eyewitness claims the pilot told him that he was from, quote, from a place where it never rains. So Australia. And my horse has no name. (laughs) In Arkansas... Judge Lawrence A. Byrne. So shit's getting real now. A judge has seen it. An Arkansas judge. <laughs> okay, let's be very clear. Okay, we've got a, we've got an Arkansas judge. Okay, and a Canadian. Okay, I will take that fucking Canadian <laughs> any day of the week <laughs> over an Arkansas judge. He told his local paper. He was out surveying the land when he came across an unusual craft. And I really hope he didn't come across an unusual craft. Now, we're talking about an Arkansas judge, not the former governor of Arkansas, Bill Clinton. (laughs) I don't know why that dress was just so pretty. (laughs) Why why would they keep the spacecraft after that? That's why I don't understand. Why would you not get that dry cleaned? <laughs> Poor alien intern just gets a fucking load. <coughs> oh, I'm just saying, it would never occur to me to keep a load as a souvenir. Even a presidential load? No. You don't want some fucking presidential jizz? No. No, me either. No, I don't want some like Joe Biden dust on my leg. <laughs> on my scort. No, Why really? would you keep that? Nobody does that. I don't know. It's not right. I don't know. It's just. Just ew. I, uh, yeah, I agree. Oh my god! Actually, you know what? To all the uh, dry cleaners out there, if we've got any dry cleaners listening, hit us up at realmothmen at gmail How often do you get jizz stained garments in? Because are I, you fucking serious? What? Okay, the, the number t- the top five for a dry cleaner: jizz, blood, piss, blood, and jizz. All four. No, because I would I would never just take jizz to like here, uh, clean my jizz. No, surely you'd just damp it out with some water at home. Who gets other people to clean the jizz out of their stuff? Have you ever been to a fucking laundromat at night? <laughs> yeah, but st- you do your own laundry. You put yeah. it in the machine. You cover up your own. I'm like- just saying, if you ever go to a laundromat at night, and I remember doing this as a university student, just There's going. A lot of US senators. Why is that? Why is that woman washing so many towels? This doesn't make much sense. Why is she washing so many towels this late at night every week? She goes through a lot of towels. Yeah, but you, surely you wouldn't take like your your jizz soaked, you know. And like if you want to get covered in jizz, that's fine. If everybody's consenting, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm just saying, don't just give that to your dry cleaner. No, it's it's pretty offensive. You know, to do that, like ew. Let's face it. If you've just had the fucking president, if you've just had number forty one or whatever he was. Fucking bust a nut all over your fucking blue skirt. And she goes in the bin. Yeah. And your lips get sealed. Yeah. Yeah. For once. That's why we would be great interns. (laughs) None of this like, oh, I'm going to take this home and hang it up in my closet. Ew. I know. Just, just, just a little bits of it flaking off, getting oh. into everything else. Ew. Yeah, yeah. That's like, if you wanted to take a memento, do you know what I mean? Like, just steal something from the Oval Office. And just quietly. Yeah. If you're fucking... Get a copper gobby on mm. the job. Mm. Maybe don't fucking go for the pearl necklace. Oh no, I can 
nothing wrong with that. Why are you saying like you if you were if it's the president you'd you'd swallow that down? Yeah. No. No, it's that you are for that moment you are in the secret service, (laughs) and you take a bullet. No, like, oh my god, no, like, okay, yeah, no, I, I was gonna say you like throw yourself in front of him. No, <laughs> maybe she was taking it for him. Maybe someone was gonna jizz on Bill, and she had to like take one. No, maybe back Hil- into the left. Hillary was gonna jizz on Bill, and she had to like no, take it for the president. Oh my god, I love our version of American history yeah. so much better than the bullshit people get fed. Our version makes more sense. Which, if you could have done any US president, which one would it have been? I had to fuck a US president. Yeah. Uh, well, none of them. I'm, I'm straight. No, but come on. You know. They would, they, they, if they would take you to okay. Area 51 afterwards, you know. I you would, would hate fuck Reagan. Oh. I would hate fuck Reagan. No. Yes. Oh. Yep. Ew. I'd hate fuck him. Over that desk. This is for the war on drugs. <laughs> if I had to. Oh, to oh. find out if aliens were real, I would have absolutely hate fucked Reagan. Railed Reagan? Yep. <laughs> I can't even look at you right now. Oh, who would you have gone with? Well, not Reagan. But Anyone you- but Reagan. Really? Yeah. Taft? Even, like, I don't even know which one that is. He's got a big moustache. <laughs> Truman. Um, oh. No, you've got to go with Roosevelt. I was going to say, bit which of, one was Teddy? He had a big moustache, didn't of, he? Bit of fucking wheelchair action. <laughs> he had the big moustache, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. No. Oh, what? actually, no. You know what? He saved that He saved that teddy bear. He's an animal lover. That would get me wet. Okay. I'll do Teddy. How the fuck did we get? You're talking about taking one for the president. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, if you had if you had to take one from an Australian Prime Minister. Can I just change my original selection? Yeah. JFK. Of course. I- just so I could know what Marilyn Monroe's pussy tastes like. Oh I was gonna say we should just exclude JFK. Everyone wouldn't yeah, do JFK. No, which which Australian Prime Minister would you do? Oh fucking Julia Gillard. Yeah. What? Gross. Can't believe you picked the ranger. She got, she got nice hips. <laughs> All the better to stab the leader in the back with. <laughs> you get some talk on that. <laughs> uh, we won't get back there. Anyway, so <laughs> so people were claiming that they actually got to speak to the aliens in these ships. Yes. Okay. So this is what they tell their local reporters. So we go back. The judge. <laughs> Um, told his local paper he was out surveying the land when he came across an unusual craft. That's how we got onto Bill Clinton. Jesus Christ. This podcast has ADHD. (laughs) I actually think I have ADHD, but anyway. Me too. Um, (laughs) So in Arkansas, (laughs) the judge came across an alien craft. Yes. And it was manned. By three, so this is, this could have been, honestly, this could have been our first contact with an alien life form, or at least our first contact with an alien life form since the Pyramid of Egypt. Yes, okay. And they meet Judge Lawrence A. Byrne (laughs) from Arkansas. Yep. 
So he came across the unusual craft. This is what he told the paper. <laughs> it's an Arkansas accent. Like Bill Clinton. No. <laughs> it was manned. I'm going to pound my fingers. It's not bad. It was manned by three men who spoke a foreign language. That's not good in Arkansas. <laughs> but judging from their looks, one would take them to be japs. Holy shit. So can you imagine that? That is our first contact with human. Wow, you look smart. You're you clearly very smart, but you look like a jap. Wow. Aliens get back in their ship. What? What year was this? 1896. Wow. Mm-hmm. But they look like Japs. Mm. All I can think. Okay, so you think this is like 1896. Okay, this is Arkansas. Yeah. I'm guessing there weren't many Japanese migrants living in Arkansas. Yeah. So he is going by the racist cartoons Mm. that are in whatever KKK fucking newspaper he reads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But all I could think is how much do you want to guarantee? This guy is like in Arkansas. Okay. How much? And just like, oh my God, it's the Japs. How much do you want to bet his relatives, and they would still be alive, would go to California? Yeah. And then in 1940 be involved in California's like mass hysteria. The Japs are covered. (laughs) Where they ended up like destroying half of the city because of a weather balloon. (laughs) How much do you reckon it was his descendants who started all this shit off in 1896? (laughs) He grew up with some racist judge like grandpa who was always like, the Japs are coming. (laughs) They're coming back. Aliens land. They're your typical grey with the big eyes. Yeah. Fucking Japs. <laughs> just like, oh. Oh, my God. Because just like, yeah, the last time that we were here, they met, like, you know, there was the Egyptians or they had all the slavery. And the guy's like, no, honestly, man, it's been like 2,000 years. Like, they're going to be better. They're going to be better. I have faith. Like, look what they're doing. They're discovering, you know, electricity and giant cocks that are flowing through space. Like, this is it, man. Come on, I believe. I believe the human race is finally going to be the fine, dignified being that we can forge a relationship and go forward through the galaxy. Oh, my God. Look, one here comes one now. Oh, my God. Are you a jab? Fuck. Get back in the craft, Barry. <laughs> Shit. It could have happened. It really could have. We could have we could have been in like a Star Trekian utopian future by now, but because of this fucker, Judge Lawrence A. Byrne, we've been stuck in the fucking dark ages ever since. And take your black monolith with you. <laughs> Just like oh. He comes over and kicks it. <laughs> Dung, 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 dunk. Oh, my God. Oh. Like a claw machine, they take it with them. Yeah, just... You are not ready for no. this. No. <laughs> You're going to bring enlightenment to me with a large pillar. You make it a white one, not a black monolith. <laughs> just, oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> stay away from Phobos. <laughs> just fucking stay away. Uh, you know what? If I had to, if I had to cast someone as God, yeah, it would be Angela Bassett. Really? Mm. Why? She she has she just has a nobility to her. Okay, and just such a beautifully striking woman, so dignified, and just I I I, I could see her creating a whole universe. That's who I would cast as God. I'd go with Bette Midler. 
you're not supposed to want to do God. And I know that you want to do Bette Midler. I yeah. find that weird. Yeah, she's she's intelligent, intimidating, but somehow very hot. Ooh, okay. Well, look, whatever gets the people back in the pews. Absolutely. You know? She's the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> in the queef mobile. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was one of the alleged okay. encounters. Okay. On March the 26th, 1897, Robert Hibb was out late one night about 22 kilometres north of Sioux City, Iowa, on guard duty. Yeah. Now, as we go along, you can sort of pick which ones you think might genuinely be real encounters with beings from another planet. Yeah. Which ones may have been drunk people. Okay. And there's actually one story that was created uh, by a man who claimed to have met an alien life form. It turns out in later years, he and some of his other friends were actually in a group called The Liars Club. That's so good. And what their goal was they kept going to different papers to see who could get the most outrageous story published in a paper... I like using it. only their web of lies. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And there was one story of where someone claimed that an alien had struck their windmill and destroyed their farm. Um, and again, looking back in history, um, the town where it was actually located, because it was you know it was a mining town, you know, it used to have like three thousand people. Yeah. Um, you know, gold runs out. The town had dwindled down to 300 and was very much on the verge of just yeah, plopping out yeah. you know, in, into nothingness. Anyway, story got out about, oh, my God, an a- you know, people had seen an alien. You could see an alien around. Tourism boomed oh. in the area and completely reinvigorated the town. So much town that the town is now alive today. Wow. And people have suggested that perhaps there might have been a little bit of fibbing between the people in the town to try to draw people in. But it worked. You know? I respect that. It's kind of crazy. I respect that. But again, then the problem is for like when people try to look back as in, in terms of like genuine UFO sightings, it does muddy the waters of what, you know, there may have been some genuine encounters. Yeah. You know, because I think there clearly was something in the sky Yeah. for some of these events. There was also, you could just go into a shop and get opium. Yes. So, you know, let's let's remember that. Yeah. And cocaine. <laughs> and cocaine. <laughs> so, okay. So, here we go. Robert Hibb was out uh, 22 kilometres north of the city on guard duty. Yeah. So, at work. Yes. All right. You're at work. You got one job to do. Opium. Robert Hibb, and that's stay awake and guard things. Oh, sorry, cocaine. In the middle of nowhere. Yep. That's your one job. Yep. Just stay with it. Yep. Just for tonight. So Robert was out on guard duty, very much not doing cocaine and opium. (laughs) When Robert swears... He was attending to his duties most proficiently when all of a sudden, from the darkness, Robert became caught from an anchor that was attached to an unidentified flying ship that flew above him, dragging the anchor. 
The anchor, which dragged over him and got curled in his belt buckle <laughs> and then dragged him over 10 metres away from his post, somehow damaging all his clothes and ripping them. Not that he got drunk and fell down a mountain. No. And just drunkenly staggered off from his duties. No, 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 no. The anchor drove him more than 10 metres away from his post and tore his clothes before he could struggle to free himself. Yes. And then come back in the morning to his post. Yeah. With one very timid-looking goat (laughs) next to him. Another... Some might say dubious story <laughs> came from Williamstown in Michigan in the April of 1897. The story claims that at least a dozen farmers all saw an object maneuvering in the sky about one hour before landing. Okay. One of the farmers approached the craft and was confronted, confronted by a strange man who was nearly three meters. Hi. Well, that's definitely not a jamp. The man was naked. Hello. And apparently suffering from the heat. Right. Yep. Um, I was going to say, I've heard of men suffering from the cold, but how do you tell <sighs> if a man's suffering from the heat? It gets longer. Pogo dick. <laughs> Just looking very thirsty. So he was naked, apparently suffering from the heat. The farmer reported that the being, this was his quote, Yeah. His talk, while musical, seemed to be a repetition of bellowings. Okay. We sure it just wasn't some poor heat stroke guy who'd been robbed in the desert and was just like, what? But he was like three metres tall. It's like it happened. Just I'm saying, you just were like, oh my god, he's a giant. If you just haven't seen a very tall man, PT Barnum was seen scouring the area, <laughs> looking for him, offering him a contract. <laughs> uh, then one website I found, like describing, yeah, this continuing this encounter. This is just the quote that they used from their story. Okay, <clears throat> one farmer went near him. And received a blow that broke his hip. Wow. They didn't specify what kind of blow. Okay. (laughs) Did he keep the dress? How impressive would it have to be to just blow your hip out? (laughs) God damn! If I had a bust and a nut, but... I think I'm in love! I busted a butt. Oh, my God. Can you imagine explaining that in the ER? Oh, my God, doctor. You don't understand. Why is there already a condom on this whiskey bottle? (laughs) It was so good. It blew my hip out. Oh, Lord. A few days later, in Rockland, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. We had to get some Texas love in here. Yep. A paper reported that John M. Barclay heard his dog barking furiously. (laughs) Then heard a high-pitched, unidentified sound. Obviously, being a white person, he rushed outside immediately to investigate. Yeah. Because that's what we do. 
Barkley claims he saw a flying object about five metres in the air, circling above the ground. The flying object was covered in blinding lights, but the craft went dark when it landed. Barkley made his way over to the craft and claims he was met by a man who told Barkley not to worry as he was peaceful. Okay. And then I shut him down. <laughs> Get out of my land. I can see why so many Texans have tigers now. <laughs> oh, so he told him, don't worry, he's peaceful. Just yep. chilling, man. Just chilling on the ground. The strange man then asked if he could have some things to repair his craft. Why not? 1896. Texan farmer yep. is going to have what he needs to get the enterprise <laughs> back up. Look, judge away, but in my experience with farmers, they're MacGyvery motherfuckers. They can fix a lot of shit. Well, according to this Texan farmer, the alien fellow requested common hardware items to make his repair. Okay. I need some fly screen, <laughs> two nails, and a saw. That is literally your hardware in the Wild West. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> this is better. Once the alien man was finished, Barkley claims the man handed him a ten dollar note. Okay. Because I never go into like you don't go to another planet without first you know taking some of the currency with you. No, exactly. That's, That's just, just common happy. sense. Yeah, yeah. you you got to tip the taxi driver. Yeah. <laughs> he handed him a ten dollar note. Yeah. Which of course a great deal of money in those it days. It was. Yeah. You definitely need a story to account for how he got it. <laughs> you suddenly mysteriously when you're a dirt farmer in Texas yeah. suddenly got this nice crisp ten dollar note. No, that is not blood on the edge. <laughs> and then he helped me bury the body. <laughs> Parker claims he handed him a ten dollar note, and then the craft ascended up into the air. Quote like a bullet out of a gun. Calm down, Texas. Not everything is a bullet out of a gun. <laughs> That's a remarkable story, though, for uh, 1890s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar to modern UFO stuff. Yeah, so, but again, I'm not sure what you could find in an 1896 shed. Well, you know what? He's, he just knew this alien. He read Lonely Galaxy. <laughs> he knew He knew how to... You know, interact with the locals. Mm. He's like, yeah, fuck it. He brought it. a gift card. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. You know, I just need some rubbish to put into my Mr. Fusion unit. He's like, just bring me a fucking, like, bring me a, a, a rasp, <laughs> some fencing wire, and some some rubber tubing. <laughs> and we'll, yeah. He comes along, he just bangs the inside of his blow-molded spaceship for a few seconds. Here you go, mate, here's 10 bucks. Shut the fuck up. I like that alien. He's all right. Oh, well, as the sort of the, the year went on through sort of like 1897, you know, slowly the sort of the stories of, you know, mysterious craft in the sky sort of just, you know, tapered off. I guess it was kind of, it was, you know, it had this real craze, you know, through 1896 and 1897, you know, everyone was seeing it in the sky, Yeah, you know, and then suddenly it all just sort of tapered off. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it's a real interesting mix of, again, it's just people just getting really excited, seeing what they want to see. 
Yeah. You know, oh my God, it's like, oh, it's these airships that we've, you know, heard about. It's not. No. It, it was a meteor. I yeah. think there was a lot of drunk people. Yeah. I think there were a lot of people just pulling a leg. Yeah. Because what else is there to do? Like I said, the guy who was in like the Liars Club. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, you know, the and the like the cigar shaped ones, like, come on, dude, suck a dick. If you want to suck a dick, just suck a dick. Like yeah. you know what? Like the, the West Coast ones, they probably were just Chinese lanterns. You know, yeah. They'd never seen them before. It's probably what they're saying. Yeah. But you know, you know, you, you you never know. There might have actually been some you know Or yeah, it could have been the fact that it was literally the Wild West and mad cunts were building airships yeah well no i was gonna say the other thing is like there could have really genuinely been um you know uh sightings and contacts um with alien life forms but just because people had no idea what the fuck it was they were like i don't know it was probably a norwegian and a balloon Uh. <laughs> oh my god! How different? How different would have ET been as a film, though? If it, you know, at the very oh. end, when the you know the the alien ship arrives, and then Alien just turns around instead of all the hugging, he just hands Elliot like a ten dollar <laughs> note. Get the fuck out! Here you go, champ. <laughs> yeah, but where, where where did it where did it pull it from? <laughs> where, where's where's his wallet? I didn't see a wallet. Did you see a wallet? Oh, it's slime. Just put it on the ground, sir. What a perfect way to discredit a witness, though, to just hand it money. He gave me this. Oh, he sure did for Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a 10-pound note on him. Because <laughs> it's like a couple hundred years ago, they're like probes that they leave under the skin of like these steampunk contraptions still hanging out of you. Like you've been rolling around in the parts bin at fucking Tandy. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's just it's very bizarre, but and, you know, it's good to see even in the miracle of all this wonders of new technology, we can still slip in a bit of casual racism. Yeah, some things never change. Yeah. Um, have you seen the film Cowboys versus Aliens? I have indeed with Harrison Ford. I have. And yeah. Daniel Craig. I love it. What do you think? I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's I one, enjoy of, it. one of John Favreau's better films. You know, well, we'll put that aside. Well, we, what's his best film? I don't know. He just kind of it just kind of irks me. I don't know why. Chef. It just kind of does. Go watch the movie Chef. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it. It's brilliant. Yeah, he just asks me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. But, yeah, no, I like it. Anything to just get, you know, <laughs> Harrison Ford yeah. just looking gruff. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Oh, I'd, give, I'd give him $10 to get in my spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard the Queefmobile. Uh I thought they smelt bad on the outside. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to put your head up there and inhale, Mr. Clinton. <laughs> Thank you, President. Oh, my God. But you know what? To everyone out there, you know, all I'm saying is just give it a wipe over before you uh, take it to the dry cleaners. Uh, because, yes, real mothmen eat the carpet. And then they clean it before they send it to the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no no in dry cleaning apparently so sad but true sad but true sad but true